Now oh, no, we're no. recording now. Now we're recording. Oh. Did you want me to stop recording and say something private and horrible about No, I was going to, but we can wait till after the show. I can't. I'm going right from here. Uh, I, I will stop if you want. Is there something we need to discuss? No, it's not that important. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, I, uh, I feel bad. It's a uh, full-on winter. Uh, Fred's furnace isn't working, and Dan's got tree uh, snow in the trees. Yeah. Fred's, Fred's furnace isn't working? Mm-hmm. Oh, like not at all? There's no nope. fire in the firebox? It tries to come on and then shuts down. So I think the blower's not working. Mm. Can't have that. So I think, you know, it... I get the impression, you know, it ga- the gas comes on and then, you know, it heats up and then the blower starts. I don't think the blower start with the blower starting, then the whole thing shuts down the safety or whatever. Well, I don't so, know. Well, yes, I'm going to the, look at it. Huh? When the blower's not working, the whole system shuts down. Everybody knows that. Uh, I had a couple yeah. of assignments yesterday. I did one of them. I can talk about that later. I failed one assignment you gave me. I've yet to explore the rooftop terrace because every time I think I should do it, then I forget. Mm-hmm. But I promise you, in the time that I'm here, I will take you for a tour of the rooftop, of rooftop terrace. Okay. There were so many other things going on yesterday in the world that it completely slipped my mind at some point. I went, oh, crap. Now it's dark. Um, how much snow are you expecting there, fellers? Between 10 and 15. Did they get any in Peterborough, Dan? Do you know? Yeah. No, I, did. I don't know how much, but they did for sure. Yeah. Like it's last night when I went to bed, it was like a full, full tilt snow event. Like big flakes blowing sideways. Like now it's. But not unprecedented for November. I mean, oh, very no, often. How? You know, very often. I just want everyone to calm down because very often we'll get that November blast. You know, my daughters were texting me and sending me pictures. And, you know, everyone's been sending me pictures of what it looks like in Toronto. And I, I say the same thing. You know, it's I've had many Novembers in Toronto where you get that first blast of snow. It goes away. And then that could be it for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Thank trying you. to be Thanks positive. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying yes, to put uh, my yeah. natural positive spin on things. No, that's, and that's very good. Yes, very, very good. So last night I go upstairs, and I, as soon as I walk up the stairs, I think, ooh, it's cool in here. But I usually, I said, I have a nest, so I set it lower, you know, overnight, but it was still sort of early. And then I looked at my nest, and it was set to like 21, and the temperature in the house was like 18, so the furnace should, should have been on. Mm-hmm. So then I went downstairs and did some, you know, um, investigation and then determine that yeah i'm in this predicament so you went to bed and you went to bed knowing that there was no heat yeah which is fine it's only it's still like 16 celsius in the house it's cold i don't mind it and, and I'll, I'll tell you what i dan staying in my place i know dan likes it cooler than i do you you enjoy it in the sort of 20 or 70 yeah, or whatever. Yeah, the, the 18 to 20 degrees, 18. Remember Phil Hong? Do you guys, anyone remember Phil Hong? Yeah. And Phil's family never, didn't they keep their house at like 11 or 12 all the time? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking. And, uh, yeah. And they had a gas fireplace. They had lived in the place, what, 20 years? And the gas fireplace had never, ever been turned on. Never turned on. I, for some reason, I thought of him recently. And I thought, you know, it's been almost a year since he's, 
been absent from our show. Do you think at some point we can get Phil to come back and just have a visit and say hi and let bygones be bygones? After all, we were such a big part of his life for like 10 years. Won't happen. <laughs> I, I know. I know. It's too bad. though. Because here's why I know it won't happen. Because it took us three years for him to let us come to his house. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what his deal is that way, but I don't think he's interested. We've already asked him, haven't we? Yeah, but that was early on when it was still tender and sore. Yeah. He's just moved on from you guys. That's, that's no, he has, and good yeah. for him. He's, uh, yep. Uh, and again, not being on social media, I, I haven't really kept track of him, or I don't know where he's at in his life, or whether he's, uh, you know... You know, he's uh, going to be a father or anything like that. Have you uh, have you got a guy, by the way, for for the furnace? Yeah, why? Well, no, I was just wondering if it, it's important to have a guy. You know, oh, I got a guy. You got a guy? Yeah. Yes. You know, and Dan, I'm surprised at you being the super lefty that you are. That you didn't say, "Do you have a person for your furnace?" It just oh, seemed right. a bit well, old, yeah. seemed a bit old fashioned for someone as uh, evolved as you. <laughs> I well, didn't think about that, yeah. I have a guy. I have a... Yeah, I do. Sort of by consolation. I got a guy and I didn't even know it. Because I got a water heater here that I had serviced a couple of times. And apparently I have an account with these people, which gives you a discount or something when they service calls or whatever. Howard saw me. I was on the phone with the guy way longer than I wanted to be. But that's fine. He was a very nice gentleman. I believe in the Philippines or something like that. Hmm. You know, sometime in the future, a conversation will be like, hey, do you have a non-binary human who doesn't uh, identify as a in a fluid uh, sexual relationship that can fix your furnace? (laughs) Well, I I did tell you about my call into Rogers, where the deep voiced person, obviously a man, said, yeah. From now on, refer to me as Elizabeth, and uh, he, uh, she, or her, or whatever it was, and I was taken aback. So it started. Sure. You jest, but it well, has started. I, I don't jest. Yeah. I know that in the corporate world, which we're not in anymore, in the corporate world, uh, a lot of the signatures are identify their pronouns and... You know, I didn't want to get into this. Uh, we can save it for another conversation, but it came up in a conversation I had here a few nights ago about... You know, I was trying to explain to, you know, Bill and Ronnie, his sweet love, that, you know, one of my kids is a they, them. And the conversation was interesting. And, and Ronnie had some great points. And, and she had just come back from a trip with one of her friends who is black. And he made the point. He sort of gave her this argument, which I thought was very, very bright. He said, you can't decide what I want to be called. For instance, in the 60s, early 50s and 60s, Black people were called Negroes. And one day they said, we would like to be called blacks. So it's like arguing with somebody about their pronouns is like saying to a black person, no, I'm just going to continue to call you Negro or African-American or whatever. And I thought that was kind of an interesting article. What do you, uh, uh, argument, what do you think? Well, I think like anything else, there's a transition. I bet you people totally bought into that, but they were referred to as Negroes for so long that for a while people said, oh, you're a Negro. Oh, I'm sorry. And I think we're in that situation now. If I refer to a female as she or her and they want 
they, it's going to take some time. Uh, absolutely. But, but I, I, it's interesting because I've been, at first it was a struggle because it's not natural and it's not grammatically correct. But as, and, and, and Ronnie's friend who made the point, I thought, you know, that is actually a great point, I thought, because however that person wants to be identified is how is their business. You know, it's like, you know, maybe Dan doesn't want to be called Daniel or Danny. And maybe one day you want us to change. Like, listen, Dan, here's a perfect example. One day your name became Dan Duran on my radio show in Calgary circa 1983. And from then on, we only identified you as Dan Duran. Now, think about how you would have felt if we just if we kept calling you by your real name, Daniel <laughs> I, had, I just wish I, I sorry. I, I, kinda, I was going to say I wanted to say something different, but I, I blanked. <laughs> I completely had a comedy blank. But anyway, I, 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 I that was, you know was the, the conversation. I uh, I thought it was interesting. I thought, yeah, that makes sense. No one's calling yeah, Dave they, Chappelle a Negro anymore. Uh, no, I know. Why not? Uh, I mean, hey, it's all free speech yeah, no, now. I know. No, I it's know. all free I speech I, like, now. I, I don't know. You know, there's just so many angles to that. I, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, if somebody says to you, I want to be referred to as this. Yeah. The, you, you do that. Yeah. The last point I made to again, there, there again, there's, you know, a, a, a trend, a transition Oh, no, for sure. Like if I meet 10 women in a day and it's she and her and then all of a sudden I meet one and it's got to be they and I trip up, that's going to happen. Which, by the way, it's totally Mm -hmm. acceptable if you trip up. I think it's in the effort. But uh, yes, Mm -hmm. the the last point, and we had this discussion over dinner a couple of nights ago, just amazing. Some salmon, some uh, Brussels sprouts. And anyway. I said, I can assure you, the three of us, you know, those two and me and, and you and Dan and I, you know, I, I assure you, if we were all 35 or under, this wouldn't even be an issue anymore. Because it really is like for, no. for my kid's age, for Danny, your son, even Mel's age, maybe yeah. not. But, but, but if you're 35 or under, this doesn't seem to be a big deal. It's just because it's our age that, have, you know, we've been, been on the planet too long. <laughs> we clearly, oh, I know. And we clearly have been here too long. <laughs> Apparently, it's really going to be simplified in the United States, too, because, you know, the great orange imbecile is apparently going to part of his, uh, you know, the movement. It will be squashing the woke and the uh, critical race theory and the and the pronouns. So, well, why anyway, don't we do this? So everything we, will be good with the world. Everything's going to be great. And I said, yeah. Dan, I said to Fred, we're going to get the actual show started a little bit early today because we have a lot to uh, unpack, as the professional broadcasters say. Uh, we're going to take on a couple of subjects. Mary Jo Eustace and Dean McDermott. You know their story recently on Toronto, Mike. And for many years, Mary Jo was a part of our program. Dean McDermott made the odd appearance. You know, the story is fascinating. Their podcast is called X's and O's about coming together uh, after years of being apart and being, I guess, you know, good to each other, even though you're not together anymore. Anyway, so they're going to come on the show here in about a half an hour. We got a busy show. Sherpa's on the show. We got a, we're going to talk real estate later at the end of the show. But there's a couple of big subjects that we have to get to, Daniel. So I tell you what. Before we start actually, well, no, actually, I've got something for you before we start oh. the show. 
because uh, I had a couple of things yesterday on the program that I had mentioned. And Freddie, mm. I thought yeah. this would be a nice little palate cleanser before we start all the uh, anti-Semitism and Trump stuff. Remember I mentioned that you guys would like this uh, Adam Sandler song? Yes. Well, here it is. He got that free water if you want to drink, drink. You know what else he got? He got that stank thing. God damn. What the fuck? Yeah. Around when I got inside, I was like, uh-oh. This Honda Civic smells just like a butthole. What the fuck, man? Come on. Lock windows. Yeah. He rocked out Google Maps. He rocked a window tent. One thing he doesn't rock is that the odor in. What the fuck? I need the iPhone charge. I pass the cord back, and when you take a bath, I scrub the nuts. Common courtesy. This shit got germs. Yeah, I can't believe the smell. In these Uber cars, oh wait, I shit my pants. I'll give them five stars. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, the moral of the story is the Uber driver didn't smell bad, fellas. He shit himself in the car. <laughs> That's funny. I'm telling you, if you guys, uh, for fun, it's called 100% Fresh, and I know both of you would enjoy it. So take time out of your busy days of uh, shoveling snow and... Keeping track of the end of the world. Here's Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Trendy, Toronto, our frosty subterranean facility in Brampton, and our newest studio in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. Eat what you want to eat, drink what you want to drink, and be who you want to be. Enjoy classics like the legendary four cheese spinach dip and unforgettable chicken wings fuel your adventurous spirit that craves something a little different a little more original and now here are two men who are at odds with each other one looking at snow wondering where he put the driveway salt and the other is looking at breakfast wondering where he put the table salt Ah. it's humble and friend gracias mi grande hermano señor dan duran uh, all right. Uh, wow, man. There's a lot of stuff going on. I- I'll tell you what. You know, it's your show. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you tell me where you'd like to start? Because I have notes. I have audio. I have video. Whatever you like. I've got it here. I've got Trump. I've got Chappelle. Um, you mentioned you had Brussels sprouts. I did as well. And I'll start here by saying it's amazing how quickly it makes your urine stink. Brussels sprouts. It's just crazy. Uh, you you talk, oh, I, I, oh, sorry. I, I'm that confused. Asparagus. asparagus is, I find asparagus yeah. is instant. No, I get it with Brussels, too. Do yeah, you know? Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't like Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. And I was one of them until quite recently when I, I discovered that recipe where you... you um, add bacon to them <laughs> which, which is really the solution for a lot of things if you just add bacon to it well there's one uh, melanie my daughter makes it's brussels sprouts it's bacon and in some um uh craisins like like little cranberry no i get it yeah that i can live without yeah, but not uh, a fan. listen you throw that in the table people go crazy for it yeah I'm, i've never been a you know some there there are a few dishes that i like that have a savory salty or salty sweet 
combination, but not very many. Yeah. I like guns. Anyway, you, yes. Um, other than that, uh, yeah. Where are we in the world, Howie? Where are we in the world? Well, I'd like to start. Okay, I'll just pick it. Because, I, I mean, I, gotta, I did what you told me. I, I went and... <laughs> I went and watched the Chappelle's monologue and I have read a bunch of stuff about it and I watched it over and over a couple of times. And, and, you know, it's hard for me because I, I so like him. I I so respect him as a comedian. I think he's brilliant, uh, stand up comedian. You know, I think he's Mm -hmm. one of the best that ever was. I mean, I, I, my favorite comics have always been Richard Pryor, Steve Martin, George Carlin, and I would put him in that Robin Williams, like one of the greatest of all times, would go down as Dave Chappelle. I'm going to start with a question for you. Did you feel, as I did, a little sense of disappointment? Uh, no. I told you what my feeling was. I can't remember. It was yesterday. My feeling was I was laughing. I was caught up in his excellent delivery and facial expressions. But as I told you, I thought, boy, should I be laughing at this? Is there something? Something just didn't feel right. I thought, you know, is this is this going to settle well with Jewish people? That went through my mind. But not being a Jew, I couldn't answer that question at that moment. That's why I couldn't wait to ask you. You know, it's like anything else. I mean, you can identify with that. You can relate to that. I can't. So, honestly, some of it to me was funny because some of the things he said you've said about, you know, the Hollywood thing about there's a lot of Jews. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, yeah but you know what I mean? So, some, Jewish people can say things and then non Jewish people can't say the same thing on and on. It goes for any culture, any race, any religion. So, that's the position I was in. I didn't know how to feel, actually. Listen, I, I, the first time I watched it, I watched it as a comic. You know, I've been doing this a long time. Right. It's like when, you know, I'm going to use this. As, it may not be the best analogy, but if if you were listening to somebody deliver a sportscast, something you've done your whole life, right? you would first hear it maybe differently than a non-professional. You would hear it and, and listen to their delivery and how they link stories and, you know, the things that you were excellent at, the way you would weave a story. And it wasn't just a score. It was a, you made it come to life. And, and you know, I give you that compliment because that's why you were so good at it. So you might listen or, and watch something maybe differently than the average person. And I'm going to say that's how I felt. Like I watch it first as a Chappelle fan. That's why I said to you, he's one of the greatest I've ever seen do it. When I watched his first uh, Netflix special when he came back, The Age of Spin, I had just started doing stand-up again. And I told you this the other day. I actually wanted to stop because I was like, God damn it. Mm-hmm. Like, why bother? Yeah. Because he's so good. I'll just say what disappointed me is this. Because we've talked so much recently and over the course of our careers that anti-Semitism is literally the number one hate crime, hate speak that happens in our society. And I'll tell you who else I was a little disappointed with. Another guy that we both admire is Jon Stewart. Because Jon Stewart went on Colbert last night and sort of, and remember, Jon Stewart and Chappelle are best friends. And I respect Jon Stewart. He's a Jewish guy and he's one of the smartest people. But what John Stewart did is talk about how he 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 
defended it from the freedom to speak aspect. And I totally am on board with that, by the way. It's just this thing that it, because of the way society is now, and it kind of ties into Trump and it kind of ties into a lot of the stuff that's been happening is that the rise of anti-Semitism is no coincidence with the rise of fascism. It just isn't. Look through history. It's been around. It's not, this isn't a 400-year-old problem like slavery. That's what pisses me off. Because if a Jewish comic went on SNL and, and diminished slavery and talked about the Negro and how you can't say the words nig and er together, what would that have done? Because that's what he basically did. He said, you can't say the words the and Jews together. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest well, with you, you, it pissed me yeah, off well, a little bit. Well, great. And uh, I understand that. And you can go on this because I obviously I can't really relate to it from the same degree of passion. You know, I heard an argument yesterday that every so often when anti-Semitism comes up, black people raise their head because it's like, oh, what's it, you know, now you know what it feels like. And part of the excuse for Chappelle was, his position was, well, you know, how do you like it? Or, you know, all get around this like other people get around um, you know, negative comments about black people. But again, I, I like I, I sit here and I, I it's a very passionate thing for those involved. Just as a as a citizen, as a, a normal guy, um, you know, that's why I need to hear what you say and what other people say because I can't relate to it the same way you can. And all, other than the fact that I'll say it again, I sat there going, something just didn't feel right. It was like, to me, this is just maybe a bit too much. And so I wasn't surprised the next day when I saw the backlash. But what is it specifically? You've touched on one. Generally, or specifically, better, like what, as a Jewish person, bothered you? I'll tell you the the, the number one. And listen, you can make, yeah. but well, it bothered me mm-hmm. a couple of reasons. It's the, okay. you know, it's the, you know, uh, the the black experience of being slaves is four or five hundred years old, right? You know, in the Jewish Bible called the Bible, <laughs> the uh, mm-hmm. the original Bible, you know, this is which is thousands of years old. Jews were slaves in Egypt. In fact, in one of his specials, in one of his specials, Chappelle even said, you don't want to start talking about slavery with the Jews because they got because they got us by three or four thousand years. Right. But I'll tell you, the number one thing that bothered me is this line he said about Kyrie Irving. And and you're going to hear this phrase a lot in the next little while, normalizing anti-Semitism, because that's really overall what he did. And remember, I started by saying it was really Mm -hmm. funny and really clever. And that line, even the line that pissed me off, even I like that line. You know, you can't say the words the and Jews together. Mm -hmm. But the the thing that really bugged me and I think is going to really piss off a lot of people is this. He says something about Kyrie Irving. Hang on a second. He said the uh, Kanye has gotten so much trouble that Kyrie got in trouble, which was a good line. And then he goes on to say, this is where I draw the line. I know the Jewish people have been through terrible things all over the world, but you can't blame that on black Americans. You just can't. And this is the line. 
Kyrie Irving's black ass was nowhere near the Holocaust, period. In fact, he's not even certain it existed. And why that's such a shitty thing to say is if a smart guy like you is going to know that's a joke. But not everyone's a smart guy like you. And that's the real trouble with it is that it just perpetuates this age old modern trope about the Jews that they over that the Holocaust really didn't happen. Because I tell you what, any other ethnic group, they'd be talking about that every goddamn day. Oh, I get it. But was that not a shot at Kyrie Irving? It, in, in a way, yes. Kyrie Irving, he says, in fact, he's not even sure. But you, but it's, right. it's the way he looked in the camera, basically okay. saying, ha-ha, he's not even sure it existed, like a yeah. lot of other people. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I'm, not, I'm not taking it literally. I'm saying it. it no, I know it, what you're saying. It, the no, inference is, yep. mm-hmm. you know, it's not, he's not even sure it existed. You know, like a lot of people aren't even sure it mm-hmm. existed. Because I tell you, I, any Jewish comic that went on that show and said the thing I said this morning and said that about any other, if a Jewish right. comic said that about blacks and, he, and if a, he said something like slavery, he's not even sure it existed. He would be canceled and never heard from again. Mm-hmm. I don't even think yeah. I'm trying to think if Jerry Stein, I'm trying who's the biggest Jewish comic that well there's no one right now as big as Chappelle but I can't imagine Seinfeld in the at the height of the 90s fame could have gotten away with what Dave Chappelle got away with right yes yes this is very um interesting and again why I wanted your take on it uh, By the way, that's all I have to say about it. I don't want to get it. Because no, I mean, no, yeah. the more I talk about it, the more I'll get mad. But here's the thing. It mm, does tie mm. in with our other topic. But wait a minute. Let's to tie this up. Yes. So your takeaway is over the line. Clever, it's, it's, but yeah. too much. Like, what uh, yeah, is it? I, that, that's I, I, want, I don't want to even give it that. I don't want I don't want okay. to because because it's not it's beyond over the line. It's okay. troubling. It, 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 and not just because of it being Dave Chappelle. It's troubling that of what this thing I, I said is. It normalizes this opinion. Mm-hmm. And, and remember, in a background of, you know, I, we have, we've, I've, I'm, we've had so many stories. I've told you a thousand times on this show in the last few years. Toronto and, and Canada and the United States, the number one hate crimes are against the Jewish people. There's not, it's not even close. You know, as he, uh, as he would say, we're putting up hall of fame numbers. Mm-hmm. We, we, can, right. Jews can comprise less than 2% of the population of planet earth. And again, you know, is Lauren Michaels Jewish? No, yes. that may be a crazy question. I, I think so. You know what? I, I'm going to say, I don't know, but I'm going to uh, guess here. Uh, you know, Jews, we like to claim all the uh, Lauren Michaels. Okay, so it's yeah, not he's, a, yeah, he's Jewish. So that got through his filter somehow, wouldn't it? Would that not get through? Yeah, I wouldn't guess that it did. cross his desk at some point. Oh, no, it did. But, you know, remember, yeah. Lauren Michaels is also a television producer. <laughs> and no one has talked about Saturday Night Live as much as it's being talked about yes. after this appearance. Mm-hmm. And by the way, great point. You know, how, what does Lauren Michaels think of this? Yeah, he, Lauren David uh, Lipowitz yeah. is his actual name. He, he, I didn't he, know he, that. I just read, he was, born on, he was born in Israel on a kibbutz. You can't get much more Jewy than that. 
And you were born on the prairie in a caboose. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, okay, I'm going to leave it there uh, for now. Okay. And let's right. tie, but yep. let's tie it in. Because I think it does sort of tie in, uh, uh, as you called them, the orange menace. And uh, I've got the audio, actually. I've got a little audio for you. Would you all like to hear? This is only about 50 seconds. Uh, uh, This will sort of give us a little primer for what's about to happen the next couple of years. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. This is not a task for a politician or a conventional candidate. This is a task for a great movement that embodies the courage, confidence, and the spirit of the American people. Because this is not just a campaign. This is a quest to save our country. Talking about saving our country. If our movement remains united and confident, then we will shatter the forces of tyranny and we will unleash the glories of liberty for ourselves and for our children and for generations yet to come. America's golden age is just ahead. And we will make America great again. So there you go. There you go. And he's back, everybody. Yeah. You know, they showed the crowd last night. I think I saw his son's slime balls picture, you know, Roger Stone sitting there. Didn't see Bannon. But I thought all these disgusting, horrible, evil human beings all in one room applauding that. Even at the end when Melania stands up, like, what's her? What's with her? Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, where's your decency too? you actually touch that pig? Like, it's unbelievable. And then, you know, you watch, you read some of the right-wing media this morning, you know. They never want to talk about January 6th now. You know what I mean? It's all, you know, if he keeps that demeanor and he doesn't go over the top and he stays on script, nobody's going to touch him. And on and on and on. And Lindsey Graham says, as we listen to President Trump remind us of what is possible regarding our borders, economy, and national security, it is my hope that he will continue to focus on the solutions. Yeah. And then so right all the sick events are coming yeah. home. And I was going to say, and right below that is a tweet from May of 2016. If we nominate Trump, we will get destroyed and we will deserve it. Lindsey Graham's words, that one sentence, we get what, deserve, what we deserve and we will be destroyed. That will live on in infamy because he, he predicted it in 2016 and I don't care what he says now. That's how he truly feels. Mm-hmm. Question, Fred oh, Patterson. What, what do you think? Is, does he get the nomination? Can he be elected? Considering how many suits and indictments and, and on and on. How does he get by all of that? Well, I'll say it again. I'm getting tired of hearing about the impending indictments and uh, lawsuits and um, charges. Honestly. When's that going to happen? I get tired of hearing about it. I mean, as I sit here today, I would assume that that isn't going to happen. And, you know, it was explained last night the way their primary works, their primaries work with the Republicans. You know, if there's a field of five or six people, he can win this thing just by getting like 30, 35 percent of the vote through the primaries. 
And that's very doable because you, we have to accept the fact, although it's the most powerful nation on earth, it's probably one of the dumbest nations on earth as well. I mean, they're powerful in spite of their average lack of intelligence. So I, I could, yeah, I could see it happening. Why not? Well, one thing I'm going to react to the first thing you said about indictments and, you know, the New York State Attorney General and the January 6th committee. I'm getting frustrated, too. Let's get some let's get something on him. I, you know, but I, but at the same time, selfishly, I was sitting around with Bill and his buddies yesterday after we played and there was an American there, a couple of Canadians, very, really, really smart, intelligent you know, older men, and I listened to their perspective on it. And uh, one of the guys was from America, but he's like Connecticut, Maine, sort of a liberal. And none of them want Trump to be president. But I kept thinking to myself, man, it, it certainly is going to be interesting. In a weird kind of watching a car crash way, it'll definitely be interesting. However long this plays itself out. What bothers me, too, is the lies. Like Daniel Dale came on CNN after and, you know, did the fact-checking thing. And it's true, but I don't even need that. I'm 66 years old. I've been around long enough to know how timing works with politics. Like, it's unbelievable. If you just looked, you know, at a, a graph or a wave or whatever you want to call it, there's good times and there are bad times. And sometimes bad politicians hit good times and good politicians hit bad times. I mean, that's just the way it is. Obama handed him. Obama took the country from 2008, handed him a glorious economy. And I'll even give him a bit of credit. You know, he stroked it and he he uh, he respected it, I guess, without giving um, uh, any credit to Obama. And the country was humming along. But it was just timing. Are you going to tell me if Donald Trump was the president? Anything would be different right now economically after, you know, COVID and a worldwide, you know, uh, inflation and on and on and on and on. The thing is, you, you don't have to have been around the block that many times to just appreciate that yeah. at the very base. And there are so many other things he just lies about. He did not accomplish that he claims he did. Last night, he's talking about... You know, he's mad at the media because of the way they spun the uh, the midterms when he he got over 200 people elected. Did you know that? Oh, Where does that come from? <laughs> I know. But the problem is, and it's what you said, you know, they're not the best and brightest. They have the best oh. and brightest. But the general population, if you look at all those surveys, hang on, I just got to message somebody here. Mm-hmm. Stand by for 10. If you look at any survey of... Um, intelligence and population by whatever they're not the best and brightest no so he can easily say those things because you know no no one's fact checking him that that and that group we know what made me a bit nauseous is prior to him coming out as he was being announced and they're playing and proud to be an american Mm -hmm. the people waving at him in that sort of semi-nazi salute Mm. That's why I say it sort of ties into our first story and and the idea that there's a there's a, an undercurrent of allowable anti-Semitism, you know, like there was when this guy was in charge. Hang on. Du, meine Arbeit 
für richtig hältst. Ob du glaubst, dass ich dass ich gearbeitet habe, dass ich mich in diesen Jahren für dich eingesetzt habe. And I'm no longer going to entertain people saying, oh, I think you're kind of overdoing it with the Trump Hitler uh, thing. Uh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. It's it's so well, much from that playbook. No, I know that. Call into question the media. Uh, give the population the southern border. You know, uh, listen, I'm here in the south of the United States. You know, it's nowhere near. First of all, Biden has done more to secure the southern border than this fucker ever did. You know, if you look at Biden's well, record... I don't know that. Well, like, if really? you look at his record, he just he just did a deal with Mexico to shore right. up the, the border. If you look at legislatively, Biden has done more for the U.S. actual people that live there, the real people, not the Trump people. He's done more for the average American than Trump ever did, or would, by the way. Well, that goes... Yeah, you're right. He has. The very people that worship at Trump's feet are the people least benefiting from him. I mean, we've made that point over and over and over again. Um, But again, it always gets back to the same thing with me. And, you know, I just tried to explain it a couple of minutes ago. You know, I've said, you know, politics is this mishmash in the middle. Like, you know, it's cyclical and... It just is. And we come through different governments and, and then we look back and go, you know, it's, it's all basically the same. It's the decency around it. And to have that guy standing on the stage last night and again, seeing that face of Roger Stone and just thinking, this, really? This cesspool of humanity, yeah. you know, is back getting primetime exposure. I mean, MSNBC, I was flipping around all three. They really didn't show any of it. They had him on the side, a sidebar, and then we're just analyzing what it could mean. Mm-hmm. You know, him running again, and CNN, CNN cut out probably halfway through the speech. Of course, Fox played it in its entirety, I believe. And at the end, Hannity's on there. You know, the sycophant, fucking jellyfish, spineless little prick that he is going on you know not you know the night before hannity's on half an hour with uh mike pence and you know how he started the interview because pence had his book out he said you know there's 52 chapters everybody wants to talk about that one chapter january 6th i want to talk about the other 50 yeah of course you do. 51 <laughs> that's right that's what he said because everybody's going <laughs> to yeah. talk about that i want to because he did not want to he didn't want anything negative he didn't want any negative tone to that because he's the trump um, bag liquor. Think about this. Any other interviewer talking about a guy promoting his book. Yes. Where at one point a group of people mm. were yelling, hang Mike Pence. Yeah. You know, there's a, I love that phrase. Talk yeah. about burying the lead. Like, oh yeah. yeah. Everyone <laughs> wants to talk about the fact that the former president wanted his group of people to hang you because you wouldn't yeah. <laughs> illegally stop the counting yeah. of the electoral vote. But I want to talk about your childhood. Uh, okay. Well, listen, we've got years ahead of us uh, to uh, talk about this uh, psycho. We can detach ourselves. We can. You can detach yourself from this. I, I was thinking about that last night, and maybe that's the strategy. I don't know. Well, we'll. You know what? It's not, but it'll be. A, it's nice that you say that. Uh, Mary Joe Eustace and Dean McDermott are standing by. Uh, first, I'd like to talk about. Uh, let me make sure I got this right. 
get all worked up here this morning already. Uh, what day is it, Fred? Is it uh, Wednesday? It's your Wednesday. Kelsey's loves being social so much they celebrate it twice a day. Roadhouse Social Hour is every day, 3 to 5 and 8 to close. Rain or shine, they always pour. Get it? P-O-U-R. Why not try one of their exclusive lineup drinks like the refreshing Route 78 Citrus Hard Soda or North of 41 Degrees Draft for only 6 bucks. Double the hours, double the social. Kelsey's is the original Roadhouse. And, you know, we've told you about this amazing promotion. You go in, you can enter a chance to win over 500 sports-related prizes, some great uh, NFL swag, some soccer jerseys, and the grand prize. you got to be kidding me. The grand prize is a VIP Super Bowl 57 experience. All you got to do is visit the Roadhouse, watch a game, get a ticket, and enter the win. This is on for a limited time only. Uh, visit Kelsey's.ca for more specials, taxes, extra. Of course, you must be of legal drinking age. Come on. Hey, everybody. Founded in 1994, Bodog is considered an industry leader providing Canadian players with a world-class sports book, a full Vegas-style casino, a thriving poker community, and a fully loaded race book. And, of course, on top of that, you can wage wager on any sport, all the major sports, World Cup soccer coming up. It's all there. Um, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience, as I said, since 1994. That's Bodog. Uh, okay, well, this is uh, the moment all the kids have been waiting for for a long time. Our uh, next guests have been, uh, you know, a part of our show in one way or another. We first met this, uh, I don't know who she is, but she's a uh, this ravishing uh, woman who has obviously had made some deal with... Uh, she looks about 30 years younger than all of us, but <laughs> but this other grizzly bastard, I remember him. Uh, uh, I'd say, I don't even know where to start, but please welcome back to our program, Mary Jo Eustace and Dean McDermott, the hosts of the podcast X's and O's. If you're not using this for your theme song, you know, you should. <laughs> it's pretty good, huh? Hi, guys. Hey, Dean. Good I mean, morning. Hi, Mary morning. Uh Just before you guys uh, t- opened your cameras, I took a screenshot of uh, the four of us because it said Mary Jo Eustace and Tori Spelling. I'm like, what the fuck oh, is about? I- What's about to happen? <laughs> I forgot to change that. Oh, my God. I forgot God. to change my name in the I'm like, what, yeah. who are we interviewing? <laughs> Tori uh, and I share the scary. same computer. So oh, do you? I forgot to I forgot to change it. Uh, guys, How lovely. It's like, hey, yeah. listen. Jokes aside, it's great to see both of you. You look great, Mary Jo and Dean. Thank you. I, I can't. I'm having. Happy it's my birthday. birthday yes. And I'm having hair Happy difficulties. Birthday. Thank you. You know, it's Thank my you. granddaughter's birthday as well today. She's Aww. eight years old. Yes. Oh, it happy is. birthday. Happy yeah, well, happy birthday to you. Isn't that a coincidence? Thank you. What a mm-hmm. coincidence. Can I, uh, do you mind if we ask what birthday this is for you, Dean? 56. 67. Oh. Easy. Easy. I'm 82. getting there. <laughs> 56. So, uh, Mary Jo, are you on a computer or are you just yelling into your phone because it's kind of stuttering a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> is my internet not good? No, it's not. It's not as good as we'd like it to be. I mean, yeah. we can, it, it's passable. Okay, let me let me move. Let me move because that she has to go into the, the bedroom. Her Wi-Fi I is better in the bedroom, guys. apparently. 
Okay, hold on. I love the hold fact on. that Dean's all hooked up with a <laughs> with a microphone. He's got his golf clubs behind him. Here's how I know. Do, I figured Dean, you'd appreciate that. I, My two passions, hockey and golf clubs. Well, I'm going to tell you what I, I know something I'll about. I'll be right back. Okay. Freddie, here's what I, I know uh, about Dean McDermott, just because I can see something in the background. And what you see, Fred, is a what looks like a driver or three within a head cover that says Canada, right? Mm-hmm. But there's an item next to that that shows me that McDermott is a bit of a serious player because what he's got there is a it's a it's it's a training aid. It's a version of something called the orange. Ooh, what's going on over there with Mary Jo? Oh, hello, Sorry. hello. Sorry. <laughs> Wait a minute, this is a family friendly show. What are you doing? No, it's not. Yeah, we, we should explain. You guys are five in the morning. Oh my god, that's right. You guys are in California. Better? Yeah. Yes. Is this, is, is this better? It's somewhat better. I'll just I finish so. by saying what Dean's got there is something that helps you that helps golfers warm up and only a serious ish player right would have mm-hmm. that there it is yes what is that what it's is a that? it's a whip it, it's sort of to give you a you to warm up you get your swing going yeah, and it, it's weighted it's called the skills yeah skills gold flex i also use it as an anal bead <laughs> fantastic that's funny so, yeah hey, that's great hey dean that's that's what players use on the way to the orange whip which is a little bit bigger <laughs> i know you'd get that mary joe dean just hang on a second mary joe do, sure. you, do you remember us you were a big part of our show for a long time i was a huge part of our sh- your show i used to come all the time and i was trying to remember that guy that Jason guy who would eat bugs on your show and do weird stuff with you. Yeah, Danger Boy. Yeah, he's all grown up now. Danger Boy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember (laughs) Danger Boy. And I used to come to you guys all the time. You were on my TV show. Remember what's for dinner? Yes, of course. Um, and I used to come hang out a lot when I was doing Proud FM, What's for Breakfast with Ken and Mary Jo. I would That's come right. to you guys. And at some point, Freddie and I were reminiscing, at some point you came on our program and introduced to us to this actor, Dean McDermott, and we thought, this is mm. cool. And, and it was a really cool thing that you would bring Dean on the show, and we were like, this is great. It's given us super credibility. McDermott's our buddy now. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't really? you, buddy? Oh yeah. So really? why, oh yeah. So why don't you okay. two? Why don't you two now pick Believe up the not. pick up the thread of of the timeline and and how many years ago all this started and and how you came to be couples but uh, friends but apart. Well, First, it all started. I want to find out if Mary Jo's being kidnapped. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> You're like in a dark room. <laughs> <laughs> it's five fifteen. Okay. Okay. Actually, you, my bed's behind. That's where all the action happens. I mean, it's crazy what goes on in there. So I'm blocking it, so you guys can't see mm-hmm. anything. Okay. Be careful um, things yeah. don't fall out. That's right. Make sure there. the uh, Vietnamese fuck chair is secured. <laughs> it's in the other corner. And so is my ball thing that Dean has, not to worry. And like, I've got a hole, all sorts of stuff back here. Um, well, 30 years ago, and Dean can attest to this, he fell madly in love with me from yes, uh, madly. A, a, a headshot that my uh, he'd seen in my agent's office because we had the same agent. Yep. So this is true. That started his trajectory of falling madly in love with me. So he carried that around for a couple of years, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I think it was about yeah, it was about two years, year and a half, two years. Yeah, it was a while. Yeah, two years, and then we met. At I the actually event. met you, and you blew me off. Okay, Dean, you, Dean, can you do me a favor? Sense. Dean, can you just turn your mic down just a little bit because Mary Jo is oh. so distant, and you're so close. It's a dramatic. Okay. Uh, I, I have an, I, ha, I have a mic. Should I get it now? What, it just occurred. It just occurred to you now. Using a microphone on our show might be. Doesn't my matter. mic just, is all the way down. Perfect. It's, it's just my powerful dulcet tones. Are just Anyways, Mary Jo, everybody. why don't you continue for a bit, and then we'll we'll talk to Dean. 
I feel very unprofessional at this moment. Um, so we, yeah, I know we, sh- I should. So we met at this event and my brother was supposed to meet me there and be my date. I was single. My brother didn't show up for a long time because he got drunk somewhere else. So Dean was on security and he recognized me from falling madly in love with my picture um, a couple of years prior and let me into the event. So I went into the event. And then halfway through the event, this little boy toy in a tight black T-shirt, I'll get you guys all excited, and tight black pants. I've never been called a boy toy. You were my boy toy. You were four years younger. You were. You still are. No, Dean, you're four. Okay? Anyway, so we were at this event, and he came up, and he started talking to me. And he said to me, "Um, I know who you are. I've been in love with you for two years. And I was like, talk to me. I thought this was amazing. And we flirted a little and had this wonderful evening. And then I was sort of cozying up at the end of the evening, thinking I could get a little action. The evening wasn't going to be a total bust. And then he just gave me a chaste little hug. Good night. And then a few days later at my work, Flowers showed up and said, I'd love to take you for lunch and other things. No, I'm adding and other things. Yeah, but I would so love to take you for I'm lunch. better than that. It was so chaste and so lovely. It was wonderful. Should I go get my mic or just sit? Yeah, just get your tight. microphone while we try. talk to Dean. Yeah, because then I can't talk. Because when you're talking, I, yeah. I just so they, they can't hear you. Dean, at the time, okay. were you working? She said you were doing security, but were you also a working actor? Um, I was just starting. I was at that point where I I gave up my my night jobs. I was a bouncer at RPM for the longest time, uh, a bartender. Um, so I had all these night gigs and so I got rid of the, 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 the bartending and the, um, waiting gigs and I was just doing security here and there for events, you know, one-offs just maybe like three or four times a year. Cause I was starting to work a lot. I was, I was a working actor. Um, and, uh, I was, I remember it was a, an AIDS, uh, event that Helen Tansy put on that I was doing security at, um, when we met. So Mary Jo is not lying. That that's how it happened. Um, and now here we are. How long? Thirty years. Thirty years. Oh, Can you there guys we hear go. Me really oh well now? Yes. This there is we professional. go. Oh Why didn't Lord. you start that way? What's I'm, wrong with you? Because I want a divorce. <laughs> I want a divorce. I you got it. Um, my apologies. What was the question? Freddie, what uh, do you want? Let, let, I'm going to let Fred step in here for a second. Freddie, what do you okay. want to ask these people? Fred, your hair looks great, by the way. Well, I, I think love your nice. sweatshirt. I don't too. remember your hair being one. so long and flowing. No, during I COVID, I let it grow in the beard, and I haven't taken it off. But it, no, no, no. I, good. I, I haven't really got to the question point yesterday because I, w- what's coming is the part that fascinates me, the sort of um, the affairs and then the getting back together and everything. So, but, so continue the story. I, I, I'm good to this point. What? Okay. It means he's yeah. over us and he wants to get off the air. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> well, let me, um, then what, let me so, lead you down. So you guys, you, yeah. so, cause I want to, we all want to fast forward to that right. because the reason we're having you on, not because we don't love you, but you know, we're right. a pretty big deal. You two. I don't know if you know about us, but we don't just have Are any, you? oh yeah, we don't just have any, first of all, your little podcast. Call us when you have our numbers. But in the meantime, <laughs> well, um, we're here. We have you. Exactly. You're, 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 you're sucking. Once you again, Mary Jo sucking off the teat of Humble and Fred, but and really in a nice way. <laughs> but so you guys met. You got married. You came on our show. Mary Jo, very successful. Dean, very successful. And just give us the timeline where did you both move to L.A., Mary Jo and Dean? Or were you living together here and then Dean went to do a job in L.A.? 
No, we both moved yep. our whole family. So what happened is Dean wanted to go to uh, Los Angeles for his career. We just bought a house. We just settled in Toronto. Um, and I said, yes, we'll do it. I remember the day in the fireplace. Oh, gosh. When you said to me, <laughs> oh, trust <God>. me, <laughs> this is a great move. Oh, I'll make boy. millions. Trust me. Okay. Cut to. Um, yeah. So we moved to Los Angeles. We were there. About six or seven months, we just adopted a child. You know, everybody knows this. And then Dean went to do a Lifetime movie where he fell in love with his co-star and exited. So, yeah, we were 13 well, let's, years Let's not pass over that. 13 years in. No, no, that, this yeah. is where it gets yeah, interesting. Let's not pass. Okay, that's what I thought. As my, <laughs> okay. as my okay, people Fred, say. Fred's back. Go okay, Fred. Wait, wait. No, as no, my, no. I, I, no, the way you describe falling in love with her. and But let's get know, to that. So, as my people say, let's was, not pass over this part. Yeah, okay, we're you not were, you were, you, calm down. You were so in 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 love with Mary Jo, and then oh, my internet's going out. <laughs> uh-huh. No, but so as a guy who's been married for forty two years, I mean that wow. I find this very. And then all of a sudden, you're on a set with Tori Spelling, and all, and and she gets your attention. Like, how does that happen, and how how does that feel? Like you, she follows you to Los Angeles because she loves you so much, and then this betrayal takes place. Uh, Thank you, Fred. Yeah, I love wow. you and your hair. Need Go I remind you, you, it's five fifteen a.m. here. Um, <laughs> oh God! See, this is what happens on our show. MJ will throw something at me, and and I have to like deal with it. Um, what does that feel like? It feels like it feels like betrayal. It feels like. Um, I felt like a horrible used car salesman as I sold, you know, Mary Jo this uh this this book of of goods this that just just get to fall apart instantly. You know, I, it took convincing we had a great life in Toronto. Um great house in Toronto. Um our dream house actually. We we got it a a three-story brownstone in Yorkville and then uh, we got our green cards. So my, you know, green cards came in and, uh, it was time to make the move because I wasn't getting any younger. And hindsight being what it is, Hollywood is very much a young man's game. Um, so, and it didn't really, really work out for me. But to, to do that, to go back to Canada and then get into this relationship, I was like, Oh shit. One, I, I didn't think this was going to happen. You know, I had a crush on Tori from 90210. Um, but but I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't think like what it it sounds like to me is anyone you have a crush on, you want to end up, you want to end up marrying. Well, I, I, I'm out of crushes. I don't have any more crushes. Well, except for, except for Fred, maybe, but 42 years, I'm not going to get Look out, Fred. Look out, Mrs. Fred. You're in in love with Mary Jo. And then you're on the set looking at Tori Spelling. And then you're thinking, I'm going to go for it. Like, how did, or did she come out? Like, what? Well, there was, there was, um, you know, we, we were having some issues. Um, and you and Mary Jo were having issues. I can't yeah. imagine. She seems such a 
easy. Not that I was really aware of. Not that it was a, a scale of this proportion. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, like it the was deepest it, interview we've had. I know this is yeah. heavy. This is I'm tapping. Look at your pumpkins in the background, humble. Okay, go on, Dean. I'm hanging on. Every <laughs> apples. Oh, I thought they were pumpkins too. I thought, <laughs> it looks like pumpkins leaned against your basement window. Right, first of all, to be honest, we have to disclose. I don't. I don't live here. I'm in uh, San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. Oh, I've heard it's beautiful there. Nice. It's not. For, it's not for this discussion. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, okay. okay so let, let's okay. just. Uh, so you. You. Listen, These are I, tough I, questions, guys. But, I but I, we're, and we're going to get to the podcast, and because there is, oh, there okay. is, there is a. We'll get there at some point because there is a a road that uh, leads to some reconciliation and all that. But at that point in the story. You come to Mary Jo and say, hey, remember all that stuff I was talking about, how this is going to be the greatest thing and uh, how we're going to this is a dream life. And I'm, I'm and you were doing very well. You were doing that. You, your, your, your career had taken off. And so how does that conversation go? Did it start with, hey, Mary Jo, remember that 90210? No, no, no. I mean, no, I can yeah. tell you because oh, I wrote fuck. a show. Oh, God, poor Dean. Is this too much for you on your birthday? It is. It's OK. <laughs> it is. It is. I didn't think. Uh, I mean, great questions, guys. Good deep dive on the yeah. questions. Oh, I'm sorry because um, I thought that that's what this was going to be about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I did. yeah, yeah. So I actually wrote a story about this called Palm Springs because this is what happened verbatim: is we were on a family vacation with another couple, with Jack and Lola, and this other couple ultimately sold the story to all the tabloids and made a fortune and renovated their kitchen. Duh, that's going to happen. But um, Dean was just sort of distant during the vacation. Long story short, I, I write about this. I went up to the room to change Lola's diaper and Dean had just got back from golf. And uh, <laughs> I said, uh, something's wrong. Something, I just feel something's wrong. And I said, have you met somebody? And he said, yeah. And I said, was it Tori? And he said, yes. I said, did you sleep with her? And he said, yes. And I said, um, he said, she's my soulmate. We're in love. Mm. And it's, you know, and that's where our story began. Oh, he just left. He left. He left. So for you people who weren't watching us on Facebook, Dean just uh, took a drink of something and then... uh, Mm. Left, and I apologize if this wasn't what we were supposed to talk about. I thought we were going to set the table for how you guys became exes and uh ohs. Yes, but uh, if we have somehow, well, it wouldn't be the first time. So anyway, no, um, Mary Jo, Mary Jo, still here. So now, I, I now, cited now that, that it's just the three I, of us again, Mary Jo. I did cite, I did cite that story because, like, it's in the, it's in the. You know, we wrote about I wrote about it. And that's actually right. what happened. So do that's you guys, actually how it began. MJ, do you not? I'm going to call you MJ's now because it sounds cool. MJ, yeah. do you guys not talk about this on your podcast? Isn't this what your podcast is about? Absolutely. This is 100 percent what our okay. podcast is. So so, for instance, the ins- the the um, the episode that's going to drop this Thursday is called D-Day. So the the very first step of this 12 step program on our podcast is the day you find out you're getting divorced. Hmm. Right. Because we all, well, you know, are you divorced? You're Mary divorced. Jo, I, my, my story is, is, uh, not like yours, but I am very, very good friends with my ex. I actually just yeah. came back from a trip to France with my ex wife. So okay. his, believe me though, his story is pretty good. 
Okay, <laughs> Mine I'm a pretty sure good story. Everybody's story. But, but is my story, my story crazy. was never sold to the tabloid. But I have gone right. through that day where you decide to get divorced. It's not a great day, and and then of course there's the other days where. I'm sure along the 12 steps when you tell the children, when you tell your friends, and then you go to the lawyer, and there's a whole bunch of stuff like that. Well, the 12 steps, what I wanted to do, which was really important to me, is I wanted to make it unabashed. Is Humble now leaving? No, no, mm-hmm. I wanted Just to make I. it... I, I, okay, I wanted to make it unabashedly adult. So it's really, obviously, if you have kids together, that's going to make it more difficult. It adds like another layer to it. But it's not just about the kids. It's about how do you... Um, reconnect with your ex in a real way. So yes. we started from the most heinous thing. And so the next step after, you know, D-Day is what emotion do you feel? One of the steps is your magical thinking, you know, on the Joan Didion book, like would have, could have, should have. So it's not like custody, alimony, the kids. It's really like an adult, you know, 12 step on how to uh, to reconnect and become friends with somebody you once loved. And then your life blows up. And of course, you hate them for a period of time. Like, how do you actually reconnect and become friends? Which I think, again, and, and I and I, I'm again, will apologize to Dean, because we wanted to set the table for people who aren't as familiar with you two as we are. And then we wanted to talk, and I was at some point getting, we, I was getting to the point of, of this, which is what the podcast is about. It's called X's and Uh-Oh's, which is great, by the way. And, and why you guys came together to do it. And, and listen, I've been talking about my ex-wife on this program for, for many, many years. And, and it's, uh, you know, what our story was, we decided, and she's the most pragmatic person I've ever met, except for him. They're very similar in that they do what's best for the common good, not what personally, because it's, we all, we all get hurt in these things, but rather than dwell on that, she and uh, my buddy here will always look at what's the best for, what's the best way to go about this. And my ex-wife and I decided the best way to go about it was to be friends. To right, not, but you couldn't have done that immediately. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm telling Mary Jo, maybe our story is a little bit different that way. We were, right. we just came to the realization this wasn't working for either of us. There was and nothing. how long have you been divorced for? A while. Like, like 13 years. Right? Well, we, we've been yeah. separated for thir- 13 years, but divorced for yeah. eight. Because here's the thing, because we, kept, we stayed together, we kept our bank accounts together until we could come to a point where it was economically viable to do it. Right. But you guys had acrimony to begin with, which is where your story's different. So talk about that. Well, that's why I thought it was interesting. And maybe it was just a bit too early for Dean on his birthday. So we'll cut him slack, okay? Was it a technical problem, or do you think he just had enough? I think it was a technical problem. I think. I think. I think. I think. Or we we can always reconnect with him. Um, I think that that's what... Um, I think that that's what makes our podcast powerful is that it started from such a horrible place, okay. right? And and was so public and so heinous and went on and on and on and on, you know? And um, and I think that that's what we're trying to show that is that you can be, you can come 180, you can have a full circle. And ours didn't happen, you know, in, in a day. Now, our situation was different, but it took about 15, 16 years to get here because there was so, I mean, there was so much. It just was a gift that kept on giving, you know. Um, and we talked about this um, on another interview. Uh, you know, we were just two kids from Canada. We did not think that this was going to be such a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't think Toys, but I, I didn't know she was that famous. I didn't know that mm-hmm. this would be such a huge thing. And it was really shocking to me. And it got, mo- it kept getting momentum. 
Like this is like I, I can travel around the world and somebody will go, oh, I know you. You're that girl, you know, and well, how does and that feel? It's, well, it I don't I don't want this to be on my tombstone. I always make jokes, you know, my toy, my husband left me for Tori Spelling. Is that really going to be my epitaph? <laughs> so that's why we're trying to rewrite this narrative. But for example, um, a woman who I met in, in France was like, I know you, you helped me. You're helping me because I'm going through the, my husband. I'm going through this stuff with my husband. I'm suffering like your story, you know, resonates with me. And so there's just this instant connection, which I like, which is really um, you know, I, I don't mind that. That's okay. Um, so I get a lot of that. I get a lot of that over the years. Well, they, I would just say- relate to this story and they just want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, that's why we asked some of the questions we did because, you know, the journey is uh, quite fascinating. Now, you have, and I guess it was harder for you because of the betrayal thing, but you have a child too. And it, it all makes so much sense for that person too to have the parents in a civil, decent relationship rather than the opposite. Correct. Oh yeah, of course. And I think that uh, uh, that is like a journey that every divorce mm-hmm. couple has who has kids. I mean, let's mm-hmm. be honest, the kids can be used as pawns. The dads might not pay custody or the women or, or, or alimony or child support. Like that is just a complete shit show. So that that's just universal. So everybody at the end of the day wants to have some sort of good divorce for the kids. You sure. want to be civil and respectful and not trash the other parent. And that's, that's the goal. And it's, and it's hard. So if you have kids, everybody has that, especially if, you know, it's had an emotional mm-hmm. beginning, like somebody's left somebody or the divorce can start off good. It can spear into like really bad and come back to, OK, sure. But to be fair to you, your situation, you, you just described a lot of divorced couples. But what uh, what's unique to Mary Joe and Dean, you especially, is that it was so public and it was so, mm-hmm. as you say, it took on a life of its own and and. And the public aspect of it, how did that or how does that impact your children? Oh, it it impacted me a ton and it impacted my children a ton because you would go into a store and you'd see yourself on the cover of a tabloid and you go, Mm. really? It was so uh, you were the whole experience got so objectified to a certain extent because you would see it playing out and it wouldn't necessarily be the truth, but you would see pictures, you'd see interviews, and you'd be like, oh, I guess that's my life. I guess mm-hmm. it is. What about I, those dicks that uh, did the, redid their kitchen on the uh, backs of your, or selling your stories? <laughs> How's that conversation? Yeah. Not, go- not good. <laughs> we're, not, we're, no, we're no longer friends. Oh, really? Like, I, I mean, they didn't reconcile? It's shocking. It's shocking. I think, he, I think they got a new kitchen, they got a new bathroom, like they did some heavy renovation in their house. So there was tons of betrayal Mm-hmm. on all sorts of levels around that because people want to be associated with fame. So if you had friends, they're going to go to that side. But again, if you get divorced, you know, people pick sides too, like in any equation, right? So the public nature of it objectified it so much. And it was so hard for me to actually internalize and accept it that only I think now, like 15, 16 years later, have I started that process. And this podcast with Dean, who was there, has actually been very cathartic and very helpful and um, really interesting. Because well, it's, never it's, it's clear there's days. still some work to be done. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> and he is still with Tori, right? 
Yes, they're they're doing great. They've got five kids. Um, What's your relationship you know, yeah. like with her? Yeah, do you are, are you ever with them? Do you ever do anything with them? Or is well, she's that back here. She's just oh. over here. Well, that's the, Hold that's, on, now my computer's about to die. Hold that's on. the pod- Baby, come on. That's the podcast we want to see. Hey, dude, how good does she look? Doesn't Mary Jo when look I did amazing? I the math. She's in her sixties. Well, she's sixty-one. No, I'm not. Well, no, he I'm... said he was fifty-six and five years old. I'm sixty. Older. I just turned sixty. Okay. Well, I'll tell well, you, man. You well, look amazing. Well oh, thank you. I just turned sixty. I don't usually um, admit that, but Oprah said it's important to admit your age. Mm-hmm. Did so if um, Oprah says that? I'm going to say it. Yeah, of course. Have you ever had the conversation with Dean? How much of it was Tory Spelling, and how much of it was the stardom or the? The Hollywood of the infatuation. We get into that in our podcast. Okay, okay, we get okay. Into that our podcast. Well, these are obvious topic. questions, right? So yeah, yeah. So we start off the day that I found out I'm getting my divorce, divorce, and the day that Dean found out he was getting mm-hmm. the divorce, which is the day that he told me about Tori. So that's why I cited that story. And then the last uh, twelve step is graduation when we went to our son's graduation in San Francisco. Amazing. And, you know, had this incredible four days and reconnected as friends. So there's 12 steps. And then we do outs- we do things outside of the 12 steps. But I wanted to do the 12 steps to becoming friends. With okay, and, and do answer Fred's question or my question about art. Do you have any, you know, time where you're with Tori or is that not a, a non-starter? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, when we again, we talk about it on our podcast. No, I, and that's why um, we're here son, to promote your podcast, honey. No, no, no. I know my son's 21st birthday. She actually organized the party. Okay. She's a good party planner. Um, so we came together to celebrate Jack's 21st. And so it was Dean and Tori and their five kids and Lola and Jack and like four or five of Jack's friends. And we went out and had this incredible dinner. She sat beside me. You know, she made sure she sat beside me. She sat, she sat right down and she said, okay, we're going to have a great time. And both of us got alcohol poisoning and almost went to the <laughs> ER after that night. <laughs> That's and, great. And she just kept ordering me margaritas. And I remember at one point I said, I don't have a drink. And she stood up and said, get my bitch, Mary Jo, a drink. And I was like, whoa. All you know, right. So we had a great evening. Great, great family. Mary Jo, have you, have you met Jason Priestley? It. Have you met Jason Priestley? No, but you know who I met who was the nicest guy in the who? entire world? Luke Perry. Oh, Mary. Oh, and then he yeah. so quickly. He was we, wonderful. We're, we're going to have to let uh-huh. you go because we've got a couple other things mm-hmm. to get done today, and and give our apologies to Dean. He wouldn't be the first person to be annoyed by our show. But well, I would like to know if that's what it was because I I feel bad. Yeah, I, I, I just I thought that we I thought I that listen. I think that it's really important that we start from the muck to get to where we are. So well, it seemed obvious to me, but you know we've been wrong before. We just quickly in the last couple of minutes, yeah. uh, Mary Jo Eustace, because I got to yeah. tell you, I just uh, I is can't, this live by the way? Yeah, well, it's live on Facebook, but we record it and, and it gets pumped out to the, the world. We've been doing a podcast for 11 years, which is like in podcast terms, we're Marconi. What I was going to say, though, is Mary so Jo... you like 100 listeners, a, maybe? Yeah, 100. Mm-hmm. 200? Anyway, Mary Jo, what do you do yes. now? What do you do besides a podcast? At your age, you look amazing. Are you still acting? Are you hosting? Are you writing? Are you producing? First of all, never say at your age. Ever just for say any age, great. like mm-hmm. I, just okay. I don't I, know. I hate the I hate the qualifying. Okay, you look great. What are you Thank doing you. these days? Well, I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> are you doing the X's podcast? X is an us. X is not us, and it's really cool because I think that um and developing some TV stuff, which I'm passionate about, so I'm doing that, and I'm going to get back into um some of my public speaking and keynote speaking on some of these issues, which I'm really, really impassioned about. I really love helping women. Long story short about 
seven or eight years ago, my daughter got um, autoimmune. She got autoimmune mm. syndrome and got alopecia. Mm. So mm. I wrote a book called Scared Wheatless about gluten-free and healthy eating. And so all that stuff, um, just about empowering, taking care of your health, mental, physical. Um, I'm going to do that. And clearly be on your podcast again. Well, Duh. I'll tell you, I, was, this, I hope this mm-hmm. won't be the last time because uh, it, it was always great having you with us. And I can tell you personally, the dean aside, what a great, uh, what a great moment to see you again. And do you, and you look amazing. And it's great hearing you on the on our show. And we would love to have you anytime, Mary Jo. I could almost be a regular. Is it paying that I just like, or is it just at free apples? Like what happens? You just come on, we chat. It's all yeah, good. It's right? just it's like perfect. that. You come on, we chat, we flirt a little bit. Uh, anyway, Mary Jo Eustace and her ex husband. Are part of a podcast called X's and Uh Oh's. Uh oh. X's and Uh Oh. Available wherever you can get podcasts, and it will soon be the number one uh, divorced uh, podcast where one of them is still married to Tori Spelling. <laughs> Thanks, MJ. See you later. Thank Bye. you. Yeah, Bye. And, and we, we will actually, you know what, everyone else will follow up and find out why Dean bailed on us. I think it was technical. Uh, it's technical issues, yes, of I course. Hope so, because we, yeah, we could have him back on too. Oh yeah, maybe just talk yeah. about golf. And, and, Howard, have him on. Dude, I should have him on my golf podcast. Yeah. And, and the thing is, he's a former bouncer, so we can't. We clearly can't piss him off. Thanks, yeah, Mary Jo. Take care. Bye. There's Bye. Mary Jo. I'm going to just uh, remove her because I'm sure MJ. she doesn't know how to do that. There we go. <sighs> well, there you go. Uh, why don't you uh, catch us up quickly, and then we can talk about what just happened. Hey, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, go to chamberplan.ca uh, today. Read the testimonials. Uh, small businesses, um, you know, there's names applied uh, to the businesses and comments on how it's worked for them having a small business and being able to give your employees a benefits package. I mean, it's fantastic. That's why they say, you know, it's simple, simple to sign up. It's um it's affordable and it's smart. It's smart because your uh, employees will love you for it. Hey, and a happy employee is a better employee. Let's be honest. It's the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Uh, take the time today, chamberplan.ca. And, uh, Freddie, I know you're going to talk about this in a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I got to slow down here. I'm too excited. But first, cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Uh, Yeah, we're just going to stand by here for the uh, retirement Sherpa and uh, see what uh, that brings. Uh, I'm looking here on Facebook, according to our producer, Toronto Mike, who says, I know Dean pretty well. It's far more likely he lost Internet or had a family situation that he bailed. X's X's and uh O's is full of real talk. You know, multiple truth bombs and ep. Yeah, I would be surprised. I, I don't think our questions were that. It was... They were just, as I said, obvious questions. It's like the woman follows you to L.A. and then you walk onto a set. And, like, what's that like? Like, like, you know? I, you know what? If I, I give up. I give up with these people. I'm so, 
Huh? I just give up. <laughs> <laughs> Tired of this shit. Well, you. Uh, yeah. I, anyway, I, I, I can't. I don't be, know honestly, I, like, I, 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 I'm too old for the aggravation of it. And fucking no. Own. But I, again, I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad at all. My show notes said this is what it's about. So if you, you got to ask again. I often you, you you operate from the position, right? I will ask the questions that I know everybody out there is thinking, right? Yeah. Like well, I thought I was asking the questions that everyone out there was thinking, and somehow he, in the middle of one, yeah. bailed. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyway, I don't have the energy for it. Um, I'm, you know, I didn't get something from Tim. So, I have... I'm just going back over some uh, text from our man, the retirement Sherpa. And I'm not 100% sure... Because I know he's in the southern office, and I just recall uh, he may not be with us for a couple of weeks. But uh, let me double-check, because that is an important part of our program. You mean Tim Niblett, the portfolio manager? Uh, Uh, Yes, sir. uh, Member of Raymond James? uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stand by. Are you joining us? Yeah. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection uh, Fund? I was a little concerned. What I was going to ask him about today is that um, that was a whole other thing yesterday, that missile landing in In Poland. Poland, Yeah, I know. In NATO territory. And I'm thinking, my goodness, what what's that going to do to the stock market today? Um, But they think it may have been a Ukrainian misfire that ended up there. Okay, well, because that's a much better scenario than if it was a Russian well, this is it. And then, of course, the conspiracy and me is coming out last night. I'm thinking, you know, Trump is tied to Putin way more than you'd want to think. And I'm thinking the night of his announcement to run for president, would Putin maybe just drop that there as, you know, this type of thing happens when Donald Trump is not the president? Mm. Like, I know that's wild, but hey, why not? Just through my mind. Well, you know, it's that whole thing about, you know, when he first became president, there was some backlash around all the Russian collusion. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out, well, there was Russian collusion. It's not like it was a rumor that turned out mm-hmm. not to be true. Uh, hey, great news, my friend. Uh, we connected with this sweet man uh, checking in from the uh, Sherpa office in uh, the United States of America. Tim is a portfolio manager. You're not. Huh? Don't start questioning what don't start questioning the retirement Sherpa Tim Dodd at RaymondJames.ca. Let's get right to it. Hi, partner. Good morning. And I just realized why you didn't get my email. My computer is offline and I didn't resend it when it was back online. But you would have learned that yes, I'm in Florida and I got COVID for the first time uh, now. Oh buddy, how oh, you how you feeling? I feel pretty good, actually. I had the symptoms last week, tested Friday, was okay. I uh, went and saw the Gators play an awesome game on Saturday. Monday morning felt great, and then as the day progressed, just got really bad, and uh, it kind of hit fast and hit hard, and I'm doing okay. That's doing great. Okay. Well, you know, it's funny, because Fred had an experience different than mine, different than, than Dan's, you know, a few uh, other people I know. I guess it just depends on, I don't even know, on the strain you get, maybe, or how your immune system is handling it, but uh, I'm glad you're having an okay experience. Yes, me too. Uh, yeah, one of my team had it a month or two ago, and she really had it bad. Like, it was, and we've all known people, of course, right? Sure. Like you say, different. 
uh, strengths of it or whatever than others. So I made a little bit of a comeback last night. Um, and speaking of Dave Chappelle, I was watching some uh, of Neil Brennan's uh, new special last yeah, night. Yeah, I liked so it. I always enjoy it. Yeah, Neil Brennan's, uh, that's a great recommend, too. Neil Brennan, who wrote or co-wrote The Chappelle Show with Dave and also has contributed a lot to some of uh, Chappelle's material, I think, over the years. But he's a really good comic himself. And I think his his special is called Blocks. Right, right, exactly. So I, I, I was only 15, 20 minutes into it, not because of the content, just it was later on in the evening, but... I'll definitely be uh, getting back to the rest of that. And just his style is great. Oh, I know. He's clever, but he's not, uh, doesn't do the cheap stuff or whatever and all. Anyhow, I really, really enjoy him. His previous one, it was three. It's called Three Mics. Three something. Yeah, it's three called mics. Three so Mics. That yeah. was an amazing. Yeah, very good. Show. Now, Timmy, I don't want to rush you, but we have a couple of things still to get to. Dan Duran's news, and we have another interview, if you can imagine. So I, I know a lot of people, Freddie brought it up, that missile hitting Poland. One of the first things I thought was not Trump, but, you know, is this going to, are these the type of things that affect the economy? What's the stock market going to be like, or what are market conditions in general these days? Sure, sure. Yeah, let's say what I'd send for um, uh, next week, because it was about insurance, which is a very important subject. And uh, I'd, I'd like to go into some depth with a couple sure. of uh, hopefully interesting points uh, there. Uh, hey, the only thing certain is uncertainty in life, right? And uh, certainly the market's no different, especially especially currently. I'm just looking at the futures right now, the, the S&P, the Dow, the you know major... U.S. indexes, NASDAQ, and they're all basically break-even, 0.1, So what a future is, is when the market's not open, you can uh, invest in what you think it's going to do, uh, whether it'll be up or, or down. And currently right now, um, hey, horrible as it is and horrible as it could be, it doesn't seem to be too big a concern from a, a stock market point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good to know. And again, the whole story isn't out on it yet either. So we'll sort of hold our breath with that. I, I will say, though, Howard, I will stick around for the whole darn interview. So if that buys me a little time. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, you know, I got to believe, Fred, that we're going to find out that something happened and Dean lost. It's either a lost connection. Because I, I, I just remember Dean being, you know, able to roll. You know, was, I, I, I think it's something that happened in the uh, in the family. So. But we'll find oh, out. To, we'll we'll find out to, that he was perturbed. But yeah, I, I, I think it was we'll find out on tomorrow's episode. Yes. <laughs> just no, think so he left. Driver, he just sorry. he he left because maybe Tori Spelling was calling him Dean. Dean. Just think, big big star. Crazy. Maybe Fred. She saw you in that flowing hair, and mm. uh, he was a little worried. She got a bit. Uh, maybe she got all horned up. Yeah, those puppy dog eyes of hers, you know. Uh, yeah, I think they're a little, they're not quite puppy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like, uh, you know, one of those, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter what they're like. But, but Howie. Howie. Um, you know what, Tim? Uh, and you've said this for as long as we've had you on the show, which is there is going to be uncertainty always. And if you make decisions based on each individual event, whatever those events are, whether it's the bomb or fucking orange Julius coming back, like I think the, the, what we've learned from you and I've certainly learned it is, you know, that that you, you, you buy good companies, you, you, you do your due diligence and you just let the market, 
you know, do what it will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I was with some great clients yesterday, later on in the afternoon, and uh, they've just retired, and and so they're kind of feeling the uh, current realities a little differently than we do when we're accumulating or whatever, and and all. Uh, and, and and we do this in a lot of ways of life, but I mean, it's happened forever. It it will happen forever. Uh, you, you know, the portfolio they're in has had a great uh, performance ten of the last eleven years. Unfortunately, they just chose to retire in the eleventh <laughs> year. <you know>? Um, <laughs> That's so a good point. Super understandably, as far as the emotions and thought process and and all, but. Yeah, it, it, just having faith is great. I, I mean, every day I get uh, emails from fund managers because, you know, they consult me personally, of course. But, of course, yeah. Um, you know, great companies are at fantastic prices during times like this. So it ain't fun to see your statement go down. Mind you, we've been on a pretty good stretch since uh, kind of mid-September or so. But... Uh, money's the only commodity we don't want more of when it's on sale, right? If those apples were half price, you'd want to buy more of them. And, you know, if the company that makes the apples are, you'd, you'd want to buy the company. And I still maintain, you know, it was so crazy during COVID that if somebody had told me in 2019 before COVID that on in 2022, my balance would be what it is i would have been happy if you told me that it's just that huge spike up during covid which sure. was somewhat re- unrealistic you know things have uh, settled well that's Some a great point and it goes to something that sherpa has said a few times you can't have annual returns of seven and eight percent you can't have 15 percent. that doesn't you can't have 15 percent every year and, and then right. average out at eight percent um timmy I uh, thank you for your participation for this interview, this full interview. Uh, I hope you feel better. And uh, and I know you've seen the pictures from where Freddie is. He's uh, got a little snow up there. but uh, that'll... Yeah, we've yeah. got a little bit of a dichotomy between our current places here. I'm, as you know, for our conversation last week, super happy for you to be uh, down there. And Fred will get a turn, just not soon enough, unfortunately. Yeah, it's full... Uh, full uh... Full on uh, winter here today. It's although, unbelievable. Although when you're going away, I think it's a good time because you're going to be gone the middle of January or so, yeah. which is when winter really takes hold. Because, you know, we've all lived in Toronto long enough to know, okay, it's going to rain or snowing now. In a week from now, it'll be back to, you know, regular fall. And But by January, when you start to uh, head south, it is going to be a, a whole different kind of winter. Tim yeah, dot. Pardon this me? is sort of like novelty winter right now. It's like, oh, look, the first one. Yeah, yeah, you're not sick of it yet. But Tim.nibblet at RaymondJames.ca. I know what I was going to say. I hope you feel better, too, man. Like, I went yeah. through it for, honestly, it was a couple of weeks. One three or four period, day period where it was really annoying. And then the rest of it was just like a low-level, hmm. you know, congestion and cold. You're in Florida. Take your ivermectin. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Don't forget it's to shine. On a- every corner down here. <laughs> uh, right. in my yeah. Don't forget. Don't forget to don't shine a light in your eyes and put borax in your a hole. You know that type of thing. Whatever they do. Uh, the retirement sherpa, everyone. Timmy, thanks for checking in, and we'll talk to you soon. And and, re- and next week we'll do that. Just re- email me your uh, topic. With pleasure. Great to see you guys, and have an awesome hey, week. Enjoying profit. Thank you, my you friend. Too. There's Tim Nibblet, man. <laughs> That's so great. I'm glad he checked in because it's been a couple of weeks, and I'm sorry to hear that he's not feeling well. 
Uh, are you uh, all caught up there, Frederick, before we get yes. to uh, Dan Duran? That's great. Uh, once again, Dan Duran's news today will be uh, brought to you by EVNet. By the way, have you been out and about much in the... It's the Hyundai Kona, the electric 4x4 that you're driving from our yep. friends. It, 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 how, you know, because you're an SUV driver. Yes. You have a Kia, right? I have a Sorento, which Sorrento. is more like an SUV. This is more of a crossover, the, the Kona. And, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it you know, performs when the weather gets colder, how much the range is, and how you've been managing to... Mm-hmm. Uh, but what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? To charge it. That's the word I'm looking for, yes. Well, in my retirement state and not going up north, um, a charge would, for a guy like me, would last over a week. Right. It would. Mm-hmm. Well, because your everyday driving is just uh, exactly back and forth to the kids and to groceries. Uh-huh. If you're looking for a, a test drive, this is the best part of EVNet.ca. They have Bolt, Konas, Outlanders, Nissan Leafs, Tesla Model 3s, but it's the client buying experience. A lot of places that you go, first of all, they don't have inventory, inventory, inventory spelling. <laughs> they don't have that. So you can't test drive something. You have to wait for years for delivery. But with evnet.ca, you can rent the car in advance and actually use it. Like, I don't know, you know, if you're test driving a car, they take you around the block, go on the highway a bit, and you're supposed to buy it. But the EV experience is so different. And what I think they've done, it's a great aspect of the evnet experience because you could take it for a couple of days. See how it fits your lifestyle. Go up to the cottage. Go on a little bit of a road trip and, and find out how easy it is to get into an electric vehicle. And, and what you're saving is, like, I don't even have the numbers in front of me, but it's, it's a, a lot of money over a very short amount of time. Because you think about it, Fred said this, you think you, 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 you can drive that thing for a week on one charge. That means you're not buying gas. And when you do charge, it's just cents on the dollar. So check out this experience, evnet.ca slash rent or rentelectric.ca. And now, without further ado and delay, by the way, did you ever have sex with Tori Spelling? <laughs> Me? Yeah, did, did you oh. ever? No, I never had the opportunity to do that. Were you ever on the set with somebody and she looked over and went, all right, Dan Duran, take me now. <laughs> I like that show. I like the other little blonde girl. I Yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah, I forget her name. Well, without further ado and delay, here's Dan Duran. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes and has for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from the Humble and Fred Studios In downtown Toronto With news and views as he babysits the dogs Here's Dan Duran with a rocket exploding in Poland, the, the biggest rocket ever launching in Florida, and now with a pickle-scented candle available for Christmas, a lot's going on. So let's talk about Trump. Ivanka Trump. So while the Donald was making that big announcement that he was going uh, to make America glorious again, uh, Ivanka, at the same exact time, was announcing that she was out. And this is what she said. 
While I will always love and support my father going forward, I will do so outside the political arena. This time around, I am choosing to prioritize my young children and the private life we are creating as a family. I do not plan to be involved in politics. So, no reasonable Ivanka voice whispering into his gross earlobe. Yeah, you know, I cut her slack. It's her dad. You know, you can... You can we understand that connection. She's doing it right. She's had enough of them. She wants no part of that anymore, right. but it's still her dad. So <laughs> the path she's taken, I, I can understand that. I, I that almost feel a life of his. I can't stand. Well, her too. But I mean, I feel sorry yeah. for Ivanka. You look at all those pictures over yeah. all those years of him touching her. I'm, I'm being yeah. serious. Now. Touching mm-hmm. her inappropriately. She tur- However, she's mm-hmm. turned out. She's been m- modeled, mm-hmm. manipulated, whatever it is by being mm-hmm. around that guy. It can't be. I cut her some slack too because we both have daughters. But I will tell you, I've you know I went and looked at some of those videos of him, the way he uh, holds her, and it's just just the whole thing is gross. But one thing I would say is, you know, these people down there are so dumb because he ends his speech with "We will make America great." weren't you fucking supposed to do that? Wasn't it supposed? Didn't you supposed to do that before, Mister Trump? Like that whole. There's so many people, Howard, that fucked it up for him. It wasn't his fault. You know, it was COVID. It was, uh, you know, CNN. It was the other forces that work against him all the time. Um, Mm. Dan Duran, we have a a, a Michael Clausen standing by. Michael, can you just wait there for one more story from the great Dan Duran? Absolutely. Okay. Michael Clausen is going to stand by here. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, real estate and maybe, you know, a bright spot in the market. But first, with his second story, uh, with something of interest for one and all. Is that right? Inflation, 6.9%. That's what StatCan uh, says about October. Uh, that was uh, just released this morning. The uh, rising gas and food prices kept it at 6.9%. Uh, gasoline prices year over year. So these are this is inflation year over year. Rose uh, 17.8% compared to a year ago. Pasta. Pasta, pasta, pasta. rose an eye-popping 44.8%. Pasta. Margarine, 40%. You know, and I, I'm not sure if Fred saw this story, but uh, apparently one of the most expensive items right now, and I wrote it down, 24 head of lettuce is selling for $150 because of the drought in California. And it's interesting, a couple of weeks ago, Dan, you know, there's a pizza place just to the west of where you're where you are it's great it's Rocco's pizza he does a great job and I called him up the other day I said hey you know I was to have a slice of pizza and I'd like uh, one of your uh, one of your salads he goes um, I can't I don't have I don't have any lettuce <laughs> I said what he goes yeah it's too mm. expensive and I said I didn't say anything I thought to myself what, lettuce is too expensive but now I know I why know. I know man it's crazy 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 times do you yeah. buy 24 head of lettuce? <laughs> I do not, Dan, but the restaurants and people do. Uh, let's okay. uh, let's uh, leave that alone for now and talk about the state of the market with our friend real estate agent at 1111 Realty. That's 1111realty.ca. Our uh, visits uh, with Michael Clausen. Michael, welcome to the show. Uh, how are the, how's the weather where Thank you me. are? It's uh, probably similar to you. Lots of snow. 
Yeah, not what I wanted to see this morning. No, no, sure. Don't say similar to yeah, you. It's, it's, you no? Direct that at Howard. He's in Mexico right now. Oh, oh, I didn't realize. Sorry. Direct that at me and wow. Dan. I'm in Brampton where I look okay. outside and the trees are like just covered big time with snow. Well, I, but wow. I'm suffering too, Fred. It's a bit overcast right now. <laughs> where, <laughs> where in Mexico? Where in Mexico? Uh, I'm in a place uh, north of Mexico City by about three and a half hours called San Miguel de Allende. But don't tell anyone that. Okay. Uh, but let's talk about where you are, because for the last little while, we've yep. been having these discussions with Michael, and it's very interesting. You know, we've, we've talked about a lot of younger people trying to figure out a way to get into the market, because in the GTA, it's getting to be harder and harder. But talk to us a little about what's going, excuse me, what's going on with the hot sales market uh, in the Niagara region. Yeah, Niagara is, uh, well, let's just talk about the market in general to begin with at the moment. And it's uh, <laughs> it's nothing spectacular, resale or pre-construction. Everything's uh, slowed pretty, pretty substantially. Uh, I think that's also a byproduct of the season. You know, we're all heading into Christmas holiday mm-hmm. time right now. Sure. So um, it, it's just what it is. I think people have been just inundated with, with interest rate hikes and talk of inflation and, uh, you know, we're all sort of thinking, OK, let's just get through the end of the year and get into 2023 and hopefully things will be things will improve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say how soon they'll improve in 2023. I do believe that they will start to we will start to see those rates come down. I, I can't say when, hopefully by the middle of the year. Um but yes, you are correct. If for first-time buyers, and I would say for anybody who has been sitting on the sidelines, this is my message this month, okay? This is my message. For We all have a friend or a family member, or if you're a realtor, you've got a client that like for the last 10 or 15 years has been sitting on the sideline waiting for the market to crash. 10 years ago, the market's going <laughs> to crash. I'm not going to buy. Forget it. <laughs> when you could have bought a condo downtown for two hundred grand, no, they're waiting for it to crash. Mm-hmm. Now that condo's worth a million dollars, but uh, you know they still waited. Okay, well the time is here. It's not a crash, but it's definitely a dip. It's definitely a slowdown. We've seen it. You know, average price on houses throughout the GTA are down about four, five, six percent over last year. The only thing actually that's gone up. About 3% are condos, but everything else, all the housing has gone down in value slightly, 4 or 5%, nothing crazy. But if you've been sitting on the sidelines and you've got some money and you're looking for an opportunity, this is it. Because we've got incredible deals happening with builders. And again, I always preach this every year, uh, every month, but when you buy free construction, you don't have to come up with your massive deposit at one time. You can spread it out over <laughs> a year, you know? So... Amazing opportunities right now. You know, it's interesting, Fred, that uh, we're talking to Michael just after we spoke to our financial guy who contributes to our program. And, and we would, you know, at some point, Michael, we'd have to like to have you on more often because it's great information. I'll tell you what, 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 what Tim was saying. Yeah, you know, there are this volatility in the market creates great buying opportunities. Absolutely. And I've got a, I've got a perfect example for you. So... We have an incredible uh, freehold townhouse site in Welland, which is Niagara region. So about 10, 15 minutes south of St. Catharines. Fantastic city. 
And we've got brought to you by Mountain View Building Group. These are amazing freehold townhomes, about 1,600 square feet, three bedrooms, in the mid to high 700,000s. The deposit, though, is 10% over 16 months. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, 10% over 16 months. So Hmm. 70 grand over 16 months, you can dip your toe into the market and have something of value. Exactly. And you'll be closing in 2024, sort of spring 24. Mm-hmm. So here you are, you're making your payments between, you know, late 22 and early 24. And at the end of it, it hasn't been some onerous hundred, $200,000 deposit you had to come up with as a chunk. It's been in installments of say 15 and $20,000. And, and you've got this amazing asset that you now own. It's an incredible opportunity. And where is it exactly? That's in Welland, Ontario, okay. which is a very popular area in the Niagara region. Like I said, mm-hmm. just about 10, 10 minutes south of St. Catharines. And it's, and it's built by Mountain View Building Group, who are the largest uh, Niagara builder. They're one of the <laughs> most incredible builders I've ever worked with. Beautiful homes, mm-hmm. beautiful homes. Well, it sounds like an amazing opportunity, and, and we should just restate that again. So basically, it's a seven hundred thousand ish, closer doll- to eight, closer to eight. But you, yeah. you don't, you don't. It's it's interesting because you, you a lot of times, as you say, it's it's. it's I, listen, I have a twenty eight year old, and she's going to want to buy a house eventually. Yeah. But the the barrier is coming up with that massive deposit. But if you can come up with a deposit over time, a lot of younger people could afford that. So that by the time it does come to it, you've, you've put your down payment and now you've got a place and you're in the market. These are the kind of things you can learn at 1111realty.ca. And uh, I'll tell you, Michael Clausen, it's uh, always good information. And checking in with you once a month may not be enough. We may need to figure out more. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. I'm all right. Thank you. Hey, Michael. Thanks, yeah, listen, at some point, we're going to have to have a grown up conversation, you and I. All right. Will there be beer involved? Uh, well, <laughs> for you, for me, non-alcoholic beer, but you can drink. Okay, I'll, all right, I'll, I'll drive enough. you home. It'll be great. Uh, <laughs> once again, I want to make sure you understand that Michael Clausen is here to help you get into this market. And I'll tell you, if, you're, if you've been thinking about it, now's the time to look to 1111realty.ca for more information. Everything is there. Get a hold of Michael and he'll walk you through this process. Michael, thanks for checking in with us today. Okay. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good one. All right. Okay, Michael. Very Take it nice. easy, buddy. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, this has been a very, very busy show. Dan Duran is back to uh, say so long. Tomorrow, by the way, it's just uh, us talking about all the uh, reaction we've gotten to the program this week. Some really, really sweet discussions. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the impending end of the world. <laughs> and, of course, if you want to eel, eel mail us, if you want to eel mail us, it's Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Yeah, when I was sitting there yesterday, I heard about that. You know, you just, it's sketchy the news that this missile lands in Poland, a NATO, NATO, you know, country member. I got like a sharp pain right up my anus. Like, like it was like, this really? is serious stuff. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. we, we all get those where you get like a little, like a, an electrical like something yeah. goes right up your a like that. I guess my body spasmed a bit or something because, again, you know, you have kids, I have kids, I have grandkids. It's yeah. like, what? It, because, what? you know, the NATO. Now what? Well, yeah, exactly. Now, I thought that you know, somebody yeah. mentioned what, that at, at lunch yesterday, one of the guys was talking about it. And 
and what's that phrase attack one attack us all you know these are the kind yeah. of little things you look back at history and yeah you know a, a ship gets sunk uh, something happens uh, mistakes are made and next thing you know oh great now my portfolio is really fucked all of this tomorrow on the humble and fred show now to finally put a a button on this or to tie it all together <laughs> here's a nail in it here's donald duran jr this episode of humble and fred was brought to you by bodog the retirement sherpa the chambers plan GoDaddy, aaron ventures evnet.ca and our newest sponsor kelsey's canada's original roadhouse since 1978 eat what you want to eat drink what you want to drink be who you want to be enjoy classics like the legendary four cheese spinach dip and unforgettable chicken wings fuel your adventurous spirit that craves something a little different a little more original you can email us, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Whatever platform you're listening, help us out, like, subscribe, give us some stars. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, don't buy 24 head of lettuce. You can only afford one. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Where's that?